So Lee came to our church, and since he's been here, he's been such a blessing, and God's really been transforming him. So let's be blessed in this story. Thank you. Yeah, actually, uh, everything's happened so quick that I really had to give time to this, to think about it, because just like four months ago, like, I didn't even know you guys, and now I'm here. Uh, my, my testimony comes from Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 15, so this really speaks to you. Go ahead and look that verses up, those verses up. Actually, just look up Ephesians 4, just the whole thing. Actually, just read the whole, the whole Ephesians. It's all good. I've titled my testimony, A Sheep Without a Shepherd. <clears throat> I think this best describes most of my faith life prior to coming to New Philly, and it goes hand in hand with two influential messages that I heard from PC here at New Philly. Who will shepherd your soul? And do not go good. You know, do not go naked. <laughs> it describes how God intends to clothe and equip us daily through those He has appointed as shepherds over His churches, and as He raises us up for our purpose. But that kind of covering is only received when we are committed to a body of gathered believers, submitting to anointed leadership. Basically, covering is essential for spiritual growth and maturity, and apart from it. And separated from the rest of the body of Christ, our growth is stunted. And since coming to New Philly, I have gained new understanding about uh, about why my faith struggled and why now it is experiencing rapid increase. During my adolescent and teenage life, I was a sheep with no clear shepherd, and I experienced very little growth, unknowingly. And essentially, I was facing the battle wearing my own armor that I had sewn together, as PC described it. I would take an idea from this book and a verse from that chapter and a sermon from this pastor and sew these pieces together into what I thought was a suitable stance on how I ought to live my life as a Christian. However, it was never adequate and left me with a continual hunger that was uh, never properly fed. And I didn't realize that I wasn't getting fed. And that uh, it's true that a hungry person still grows, yeah. But if they're continually underfed and undernourished, they can't reach their full genetic potential. So let me share a specific story of how vulnerable you can be when you are just left naked. It's a recent powerful moment in my life. Around last April, uh, it was the first time I had ever received prayer in tongues over me. And on top of that, the tongues were interpreted. So it was kind of a big deal, all right? It was a big deal. To me, at that time, I'm just like, what's happening? And it was my God speaking to Moses from the fiery storm and clouds that consumed Mount Sinai moment. Not just the bush, but the mountain. You remember the mountain part? I read that as a kid, and I was just like, I want that. It's so powerful. And so God spoke to me through that prophet saying, I am fond of you because your heart is so pure. And you don't have to worry or be afraid because I will lead you for my work. And you don't have to cry in front of me because I hear you and I know that your heart is pure. And that hit me right on point in such a gentle way that brings that peace that surpasses all understanding. And it was the perfect word for me at that time. And I remember being so uplifted, meditating on that message. But my encounter was quickly forgotten before it could take root in me because my ground was left uncultivated. Weeds were allowed to grow and that seed of truth was choked among the thorns so quickly. 
without covering that message couldn't be matured in me. And within one or two days, the devil actually grabbed onto that very word of life spoken into me and twisted its truth against me. Did I say that was just in one or two days? Just one or two days. And it said something like this, a pure heart, doesn't he know what I've done, what I'm still doing? Doesn't, doesn't he know that I've been doubting him? Well, that must just mean that God loves and saves everyone. And in the end, how could there be any condemnation for anyone? I mean, what makes my doctrine right and other doctrines like that wrong? I mean, it just must be meaningless. I can just coast to the end, right? It's so easy for the devil to work when you don't have protection. And within two months, I hit the lowest point I've ever been in my relationship with God, both with the sin that I'd been struggling with for most of my life, as well as the doubts of God, who he is, who his existence, I mean, what his existence is. And all the while, the English ministry that I was going to turned out to be a cult. (laughs) And that just brought anger and frustration towards God because it seemed like there was a war of Bible-based doctrines all sporting the name of Christ. And so basically when all that's thrown at you, everything feels worthless. And I felt worthless, like I couldn't discern anything. And I was discouraged and I was coasting. So that word was meant to build me up and to mature me in love. And that assurance could have released my life in a new fullness. But without defense, the devil struck hardest when I could have grown significantly. But God turns everything for his, for his glory. And this story actually, I think, is what turned me and brought me here to uh, New Philly. And so, uh, regardless of the bitter questions toward God, the guilt of my sins weighed heavy. And God never let me out of his mercy. And I think out of a religious spirit, I knew that I have to go to church. It was just like still in me, even though I was bitter, like, I still got to go to church. So I found an English church, and I was convicted to confess everything I was struggling with. Uh, Thanks to Sarah Kim, I had come here during baptism Sunday three months earlier. Uh, Actually, the reason I came here wasn't, it was mostly because of the service time. (laughs) And originally, when I had come to New Philly, I wasn't ecstatic about the mysteriously zealous worship and the thunderous prayer. It's kind of uncomfortable, actually. But when I decided to commit in late August, two things connected with me immediately. A family passionately chasing after God's heart. And there was this sense of having found something that I had forgotten that I was searching for. Number two, the word being preached. I had never heard sermons like that. So true, so penetrating, so loving, and just relevant. And just on my second Sunday, after committing here, Pastor Marcus, as usual, shot words straight into my heart, and I was so convicted that I stood up immediately during the second round of altar calls. <laughs> God bless him for that. You got to keep going because there's people sitting there. Is that me? Is that me? Is he talking to me? God, is he talking to me? And see, I didn't actually think, I didn't have a lot of faith in prayer. Our most powerful tool, I didn't have a lot of faith in it. I thought I was going to change by my effort, not by prayer. But I stood up. And overwaltzes Mark Rado, who would later become my small group leader. And he was wearing this great big smile, <laughs> hidden under an even more great mustache. <laughs> That's the first thing that I thought when I saw him, yeah. And he prayed the most life-filled prayer I had ever received. And he spoke truth and love and identity into me from the Father. And I recognized the voice that's been with me my whole life so much more vividly. It's gentle. It brings you to repentance through a love that you know has no limit. And he prayed with authority, and the strongholds in my heart came down, and it was breakthrough in a moment. It was the beginning of true covering, 
And while my faith was weak, I submitted myself to the authority in Mark, and God did not hesitate to answer that prayer. And from that point on, sins that I had been struggling with my whole life, uh, they vanished as if I had never been struggling with them. Like I just, no more struggle. And that's, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And I had never understood that before. And not because no one taught me, but because I was just religiously attending church. Like it was, you know, on my Christian living checklist. And within that, I never, I never submitted to anyone's teachings, but I just pieced together my own doctrinal understanding, which was subject to change. And I viewed the Christian life as a struggle in which the Holy Spirit gives you strength to keep your head just above the waves. But in reality, he wants to give you faith that walks on water. It's not cliche. That's so true. And this is from verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 4. So that you may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and by every wind of doctrine. And that just defines my life. And here in New Philly, I found that the leaders aren't just conducting some religious ceremony, but they're ministering personally into our spiritual growth. And so... With great respect, I sit under the teachings of the faithful leaders that God has placed over me. And now I am pursuing God with my life in order that my experiences are like that found in Scripture in increasing measure. And every day, I am equipped more and more. This is verse 11. And he gave shepherds, teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood like that of Christ. It's all gone so quick, and I am so blessed to be covered and sincerely loved by the leaders and the family here at New Philly. And a long-awaited maturity is at last taking place. Thank you.